This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. These are the books that I would recommend to you if you are interested in getting started with investing, growing your current investment standing, and a lot of these are ones that helped our family become low-stress millionaires in our 30s. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do two things. First, we'll be answering a question about the best books to learn about investing. And second, we're going to be answering another question about how to get your kids started with investing. This is an investing-heavy episode, I suppose, here. All right, let's jump into today's show. Our first question comes in from Christopher, and here it is. I am new to your podcast. I was wondering if you have a list of the top books for investing. Thanks, Christopher. Christopher, thank you so much for writing in. And I am actually embarrassed to say that I do not have an episode or a blog post just to send you right away based on your question. But I'm going to remedy that right now by sharing with you and everyone else my top investing books, books that I'd recommend. So here are 10 books that help me become a better investor and ones that I'd suggest to you as you are discovering more about investing. Now, this list is going to start from more beginner to slightly more advanced with the hope that if you decide to read or listen to all these books, the concepts will become clearer and easier to understand as you move on. So let's start with number one. Broke Millennial Takes on Investing by Aaron Lowry. Yes, a previous guest of ours, Aaron Lowry. It's no coincidence, everyone, that this first investing book that I mentioned is also one of the newest investing books as well. Again, we've had Aaron Lowry on the show. She's an award-winning author. She's also known as the Broke Millennial. And she shares how to get started with investing in this book for the millennial generation. And it's been highly, highly praised in the media, everybody. I like this book because investing today has a lot of other nuances associated with it, like our student debt crisis or the advancements in like fintech and robo-advising. So Erin takes these factors into consideration when she's discussing when to invest and how to keep things simple. So as of today, Broke Millennial Takes On Investing has 583 five-star reviews on Amazon. Again, that's at the time of this recording. So for a book that just came out a couple years ago, that's pretty great. All right, number two... 99-Minute Millionaire by Scott Allen Turner. Now, before reading this book, I had been investing for a while, but I felt like I sort of lacked direction. 
Scott Allen Turner, he equipped me with the knowledge that helped me adjust my path to become a millionaire. The book pointed out the pitfalls of certain investors and how others succeed time and time again. No, the book didn't help me become a millionaire in 99 minutes. I I know, it's kind of a bummer, right? No, the title alludes to it just being a quicker read. That's the 99 minutes. So you read it, it's only 252 pages, you got a lot of knowledge. He says 99 minutes. I didn't read it that fast. But it was a quick read and I learned a lot. And as of today, 99 Minute Millionaire has 252 five-star reviews on Amazon. And again, I'd highly recommend it as a quick read to get started with investing. Number three, I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. For some more in-your-face fun when it comes to investing, check out this book by personal finance and business guru, Ramit Sethi. I Will Teach You To Be Rich covers a variety of personal finance topics from optimizing your credit cards to what it means to actually live a rich life. Now, the concepts of growing your wealth, they're kind of weaved throughout the entire book, and he hones in specifically on investing strategies in some select chapters, which makes it fun. Now, he teaches while making you laugh, (laughs) and sometimes you cringe as well during the book. So if you're looking for a boring investing book that talks over your head, this one is not for you. I Will Teach You To Be Rich is now in its second edition after being re-released a decade earlier. And as of today, the book has 6,478 five-star reviews on Amazon. That is quite impressive. And again, it's a fun, fun read. Number four, The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clayson. This book was written in 1926, so it's approaching 100 years old. Wow. And it was based on parables from 8,000 years ago. So although ancient sounding, The Richest Man in Babylon has principles that hold true today, and that's why I really like it. It's a refreshing and fun personal finance read that's more of a story than a how-to nonfiction. So when you review the investing and personal finance lessons that are captured in the book, you're going to realize the wealth building concepts that make people wealthy are a lot simpler than you originally thought. So as of today, The Richest Man in Babylon has 15,753 five-star reviews on Amazon. So that is incredibly impressive. Yes, it's been around for a while, but be careful when you go on Amazon. There are multiple editions of this book and some, I guess, have grammatical errors in them since they've been reprinted. So I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to all these books, by the way. So if you go to the show notes and click the blog post, it'll help you get a link to all these ones. And I'm going to put the right one for Richest Man in Babylon. But anyway, great book and a lot of great principles. Number five, The Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. In this book, David Bach shares some strategies that make becoming a millionaire simple and easy. The Automatic Millionaire touches on the importance of automation and how not overthinking it can help you succeed with your money. When you are able to insert automation into your life, investing becomes massively easier. There's no double guessing, and it helps you to remove some of the emotion from investing. That was one of my big, big takeaways. And after speaking with dozens of financial advisors, their biggest piece of advice to me and their clients is to simply stay the course. Time and compound interest 
are magical if you let them do the work. And that's what I like about this book because David Bach expresses this very sentiment in his highly acclaimed book. As of today, The Automatic Millionaire has 1,454 five-star reviews on Amazon. Great reviews for a great book. Number six, The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley. This book dispels the myths of what it takes to become a millionaire. The philosophies and exposed truths in The Millionaire Next Door, they definitely helped our family stay the course and achieve real wealth. At the time of its release, and even today, it was hailed as one of the most thorough research studies done on millionaires and their habits. So since then, another book came out just a few years ago as well called Everyday Millionaires by Chris Hogan. And that has expanded the concept by researching over 10,000 millionaires about how they built their wealth. So if you're looking for a more updated version of The Millionaire Next Door, I'd recommend Everyday Millionaires. Either way... The Millionaire Next Door has 6,308 five-star ratings on Amazon, and Everyday Millionaires by Chris Hogan has 2,225 star ratings, and that one just came out a couple years ago in 2019. Either way, both great books. Number seven, Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. One of my favorite authors and one of my favorite speakers, podcasters, everything really, is Tony Robbins. In Money Master the Game, he tackles investing and personal finance by interviewing top investors and billionaires to find out their secrets to financial success. Yeah, the cool thing is that Tony's so connected that he has billionaires for buddies, so he essentially interviews all of his buddies in this book and kind of breaks it down, which is cool. And I love it because he goes deep with these billionaires about how they got wealthy and how they continue to stay wealthy. Now, it's a hefty book. It's 688 pages, but it's filled with interviews from some of the smartest and wealthiest folks alive. I learned the most in this book about the importance of creating a portfolio that works well over the decades and the importance of diversification. As of today, the book has 6,088 five-star reviews on Amazon. And again, I'm choosing Amazon because most of you guys go on Amazon to buy stuff, including the rest of the world. So if you want to buy these books at a nice independent bookstore, that's cool. I just figured I'd put that out there because uh, most everybody's shopping on Amazon anyway. Number eight, The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. Investing can appear very confusing for most people including me as I got cracking with all this stuff, man. But J.L. Collins, he creates a simpler path for readers of this book by breaking down complex topics and making them easy to understand. The Simple Path to Wealth explores the effectiveness and simplicity of index funds and how they can give you a successful portfolio. This is a super popular financial independence read. If you guys have any sort of interest in financial independence or fire, this book is for you. If I could recommend one book for people to read about sort of the case for index fund investing, it would be this book, hands down. As of today, The Simple Path to Wealth has 4,654 five-star reviews on Amazon. That is awesome for a self-published book 
that was released just five years ago. So in my opinion, this book is going to continue to top the charts for many, many, many years to come when it comes to personal finance and investing. Number nine, The Little Book of Common Sense Investing by John or Jack Bogle. Like The Simple Path to Wealth, this book by the late John Bogle focuses on the power and simplicity of index fund investing. One of the main focuses is purely just proving the superiority of index fund investing over single stock investing or other non-buy and hold type strategies. Mr. Bogle, Jack Bogle, is a hero for the everyday investor who wants to build wealth because he's the inventor of the index fund and the founder of Vanguard. And as an index fund junkie and a Vanguard client myself, I'm quite partial to this book and Jack's commitment to helping the masses build wealth easily. This book, as of today, has 3,424 five-star reviews, and you will be smarter and wealthier for reading it, my friends. All right, number 10, my last one on the list here, Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Last, but definitely not least, is Morgan Housel's book here that came out just this year, 2021. It's not a beginner's book per se, but definitely a book that helps you understand how money works and how we work when it comes to money. I love history and Morgan shares incredible stories and anecdotes about how history, if not studied or understood, tends to repeat itself. And the common mistakes we made decades or centuries ago can come back to haunt us if we don't pay attention to our general makeup as human beings, who we are and how our brains work. This book is quite new, 2021, and quite popular with 9,741 five-star reviews on Amazon. That's only second to The Richest Man in Babylon with regard to the five-star reviews on Amazon. But given that this book came out in 2021, I'd say it's one you should not pass up on reading. All right, well, that's my list, everyone. And Christopher, thanks for writing in and asking that. I hope this list helps others who are looking to increase their knowledge on investing and just getting started with it. Now, these books aren't going to give you an answer on how you should invest. That's very important to know, everybody. They're going to help you to understand different strategies and principles for you to consider, but they're not going to show you how you should invest with the knowledge that you get from these books and even podcasts like this or YouTube videos you watch, whatever you can have more engaged conversations with a financial professional about your specific situation, or you'll feel more equipped to invest on your own. If you choose to, if you'd prefer to listen to your books instead of reading them, I have a link for audible, which I love which is marriagekidsandmoney.com slash audible. And you can try audible with that link for free for 30 days. Again, that's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash audible. I like sitting down and reading a book, but as a, as a young dad and a busy guy, sometimes I don't have that time. So I love audible because I can just walk around, go for a walk, you know, do some housework while listening to a book. So anyway, you can try that link marriagekidsandmoney.com slash audible. 
But enough from me, everybody. I would love to hear what you all think. What books would you add to this list? Or which ones would you remove? Or which ones should we be considering for lists like this? Hit me up on social media at Andy Hill MKM on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can leave a comment in the blog post as well. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you. We'll be back to the show after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. I received a question from Amy on Instagram at Andy Hill MKM, and here it is. I've heard you talk about the importance of starting investing early. I have two kids, one preteen and one teen. We invest for their college already, but I'd love to get them interested in investing too. Is there a way to keep this process simple and get them interested at the same time? 
Amy, thank you so much for reaching out. What a great question. And congratulations on investing for your kids' future college expenses. I know that those are going to be expensive for me with a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. So I'm glad you're already working to give them a leg up. Now onto your other question, Amy. You want to get them interested in investing and have them learn how great it can be for their future. That is super cool. You know, my mom did this for me as well when I was in middle school. I didn't know a lot about investing and actually she didn't know a lot about it either, but we kind of learned together and we had a lot of fun learning together. So since my personal experience was quite a while ago as a middle schooler, I thought I'd ask someone for some perspective on kids and investing today. So I'm excited to be joined by Rishi Vamdat, the creator of Easy Peasy Finance. Since Rishi was six years old, he's been fascinated with the world of personal finance, reading personal finance books and investing his allowance in stocks to build his retirement fund. He's been featured on CBS as the 11-year-old whiz kid who offers free financial advice to thousands online. And I'm thrilled to have him on my show. Welcome to the show, Rishi. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad to have you here and learn from you because you got a lot of knowledge in these areas. I was diving into your YouTube channel. You cover everything from credit scores to budgeting and to investing, right? So let's help Amy out here with her question. She's got some children. They are preteens. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's your age. Maybe that's 11. What's the best way for them to get interested in investing? So I feel that in this case, the best way to get interested in investing is to be involved in investing and actually start investing. And so as like a parent, and that's actually kind of from my experience, they can like set up a part of their brokerage account to have a kid's investments or create a custodial account so that the kid can actually start investing. And it's not just money for the kid. It's actually money that the kid will manage and will have a say in. And so they can kind of make a decision and be the decision maker of what to invest in. They can understand what's going on. They can kind of be more engaging and involved with the whole process. And if they see firsthand kind of what investing is like, then that can be really helpful to get them interested in finance and start building their portfolio from a young age. And also, I've actually been doing this since I was seven. I've been investing half the money from my birthday, which I decided not to have since before I was seven. So half my birthday money and all of my allowance, I actually invest. And so I've been doing that, yeah, since I was seven. And so I actually started out by investing in individual stocks. But then later, as I learned more about finance and I got more interested in this, I realized that it's actually better to use index funds because they're diversified and you don't need as much money. And so I invest in index funds now. And I also do dollar cost averaging. And that's an investing strategy that I've learned over time as I've invested and as I've learned more about finance. That's incredible. Dollar cost averaging index funds. These are all my favorite buzzwords, my friend. I love that you did that. So tell me why when you started doing individual stocks, why did you transition into index funds? What made you make that change? 
So as I learned more about finance, I read books and magazines like Kiplinger's Fortune, Forbes, Entrepreneur, etc. I learned more about finance and all the different strategies. And I kind of realized that investing in individual stocks isn't that good of an idea, especially for me. Since I'm a kid, it's way easier to just invest in index funds. And so I decided to change my strategy from investing in stocks to index funds. So I invest in an index fund that tracks the S&P 500. And I've been doing that for probably at least three years now. That's incredible, Rishi. I remember when, if you remember this maybe like a year or so ago, everybody was getting all excited about the Tesla stock, right? I want to own Tesla. I want to own Tesla. And I never bought it. I never bought the individual stock because I was like, I really like index funds. And then lo and behold, Tesla continued to do really well. And then they were automatically part of the S&P 500. So I was now owning Tesla. I mean, isn't that kind of funny? Sometimes if you have an individual stock that you think is doing great, don't worry, just wait a little bit of while and they'll be a part of the index fund. Isn't that funny? Yeah, actually, a lot of the stocks that I used to invest in are part of the S&P 500, which is kind of nice because even though I'm investing in an index fund, I still get to have some ownership in that company through the index fund. I think that's incredible. So let's talk to Amy again and say, hey, Amy, okay, what's the first step that we can do to help her here? So she's going to talk to them about investing and maybe a little bit of trial and error with them, right? So she'll work on her brokerage account. And should she open up a brokerage account specifically for them or do the investing on her brokerage account? So it depends. Either thing is fine. So like I personally, my investments are a part of my dad's brokerage account and I have a spreadsheet to keep track of all my investments, but custodial accounts can also be a good idea. So it depends. Either one is fine. So whatever you think is best, you can do. And also another thing, when you're either using a part of your own brokerage account or have a separate brokerage account, as you're going through the investing process and you're teaching your kid about it and they're getting involved and engaging with it, there might be some terms that come up that they don't understand. And in that case, just so that they have a better understanding of investing, they can look those up or you can show them that and help them learn by using a kid-friendly resource. I love it. And some of these terms we talked about already, you know, index funds, you explained that very well. Dollar cost averaging, that's a term that I just learned maybe four or five years ago. What does that mean, dollar cost averaging? So dollar cost averaging is an investing strategy where you invest a certain amount of money every month automatically. And whether the stock market goes up or down or something changes, you still invest that same amount of money into the same investments. And that's also automatic investing. And so that's really good for a lot of reasons. So one reason is that it can be nice because you don't have to manually invest. And if you see stock prices going up or down, you might make impulsive purchases or buy and sell stocks based on your emotions, which isn't good because those can have unnecessary impacts on your portfolio and can lead to you getting a lot less returns than you otherwise would have. And also, since you're investing automatically, you don't have to worry about forgetting or continuing to invest because it's just investing and forgetting about it. In dollar cost averaging, the goal is to kind of not even realize that you're investing. And so that way you invest consistently and you don't have to worry about remembering or stopping because it happens on its own. You don't need to like think that I might stop investing, which could be a really bad mistake that people make, which can also be avoided through dollar cost averaging. 
you know what you can do when you stop worrying about investing in the emotions, you can go back to doing the things you love to do, right? You can go out and play. You can hang out with your buddies. If you're a parent, you can spend more time relaxing, whatever it is you like to do instead of paying attention to the TV and the ups and downs of the stock market, right? Exactly. Yeah. Since you're not paying attention to the stock market and you're not spending time investing, you can use the time to do something else that you actually enjoy. And that's what life's for, right? Enjoying, right? So we let index funds do the work while we go and have some fun. I love that. So let's talk to the person who's listening right now that's thinking, you know what? My kids, they only care about video games. How do I get them interested in money? What would you say to them? So I think there's two things really that they can do. One is to kind of involve their kid in day-to-day financial activities, which is basically like if you're, depends on your kid's age. So if they're in elementary school, you can talk to them about using a credit card when you're paying using a credit card at a store, or you can bring them along when you withdraw money from an ATM and explain how you're getting money out of your bank account. And then if they're older, maybe in middle school, you can talk about how you can cash a check using your phone if you're doing that and you're depositing a check online you can teach them about that and about mobile banking and then later on if they're in high school there's other financial concepts that you can involve them in and have them be a part of like creating a household budget and that's one way to get your kid interested in finance and to engage with it by actually kind of taking the time to use these day-to-day activities that have to do with finance and explaining to your kid what's happening and kind of just taking the time to make sure they know about these things. And another thing that parents can do is to give their kid an allowance and let them them manage it and manage their money. And so that has a lot of benefits. One thing is that it can help them make like different choices and those maybe they'll be good choices and the kids will be happy. But sometimes they might also make mistakes. They might spend all their money on one thing and they won't have any left over to buy something else. But they'll learn from that and they won't make the same mistake as an adult when the stakes are higher. And so that's also a really good thing. And through this management, they can also learn about the importance of distinguishing between your needs and wants and not buying too many needs on impulse. And they'll also learn about saving. And so another thing that parents can also do about saving to kind of encourage their child even more is to match their savings. So whether it's $1 for $1 or 25 cents for $1, whatever the amount the kid saves as an added incentive to save more for the future, parents can also match it. And all this comes combines to kind of simulate the real world and as an adult and help them learn things from firsthand experience instead of just reading it in a book. And that can help them be more prepared for when they become an adult and have to manage their own money. These are wise words, everybody. Absolutely. I really like your point, Rishi, on just trying to take everyday things that we do as parents and kids and make those be learning lessons because it doesn't have to be, you know, hey, we're going to go over, sit here and look at this book. It's like you're doing things on a daily basis that can be taught. I love that. So let's talk to the people who are listening at the top of this interview that said, okay, I'm ready to get my kid started with investing today. What's one micro step? What's one small thing that they can do today following this? interview to get started for investing for their kids. So I think the most important thing to do immediately, like 
after this interview is to start the process of opening a brokerage account for your kids, a custodial account, or just starting to get them investing through your brokerage account and getting them involved with the process and having them engage with this and make their own choices regarding investments. And so that can be really helpful because the most important thing is to not procrastinate and not delay these things because especially for kids, because of compound interest, the most important asset they have is time. And so if you can start now and start today and not wait for until the future, it can be really beneficial to your kids. I love this advice, everybody. Rishi Vamdad, thank you so much for your time today. You have a great website and you have a great YouTube channel. Where can people go to learn more from you? So our YouTube channel is called Easy Peasy Finance. On it, we have over 175 videos covering all different concepts of personal finance. So investing, credit cards, banking, taxes, the stock market, budgeting, retirements, all those different aspects of personal finance in short, concise, animated, fun YouTube videos, which we make to help kids learn finance in a simple and fun way. So everything we do is based off of that fact. So our videos are animated and they have lots of images so kids can engage with them and actually enjoy learning about finance. We have a question and answer format with two characters to make it easier for kids to grasp and retain information. And our videos are also short, usually two to three minutes, which means that since kids have a shorter attention span, they'll still be able to grasp the information and learn these concepts without like losing interest halfway through. So all of our 175 plus YouTube YouTube videos are available on our YouTube channel called Easy Peasy Finance. Just search Easy Peasy Finance on YouTube. And in addition to that, we also have our website, which is called EasyPeasyFinance.com. And in addition to all of our videos, it also has a lot of other free resources. So all free stuff. So we have free courses, downloadable infographics and spreadsheets and calculators. We have our podcast. We have a lot of other things like sorting our videos by financial literacy standards, by different topics, and a lot of other bonus material that you can get for free on our website, easypeasyfinance.com. That's perfect. Excellent. So Rishi, I understand the cartoon characters, they have uh, special voices. Who does those voices? So both of the characters, Super Cooper and Wall Street Willie, I do both of their voices. Can you give us a little taste right now? Okay, so Super Cooper is a cowboy, and this is what he sounds like. This is his voice. Wall Street Willie is just my regular voice, so like I'm talking right now. Excellent. Well, I love it. I love what you guys are doing, and congratulations on all your success. You are really helping people. You say this channel's for kids. Man, I learned a lot by going to this channel, everybody. If you're looking for some investing 101, personal finance 101, this is a place to start. Rishi Vamdad, Easy Peasy Finance, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to see segments on investing, both very different situations, one for investing for your future as an adult, and then one to get people interested as kids. But I guess they're kind of the same, really. I mean, the earlier you start, the more money you can make, the more wealth you can build. Very cool. As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only, especially as we're talking about investing. Be sure to seek out a professional 
for your specific financial situation. A big thanks to Dan Tabbitt for editing our show today and to Dan Hines and Alec Collins for editing our YouTube videos. Please check those out at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash YouTube. We are over 30 200 subscribers there. Now you can hit the subscribe button on that link and help us grow. We're having a lot of fun. So check us out in person on video. Before we go for the day, I want to encourage you to reach out with any questions you have because they're fun to answer. You know, uh, we helped out Christopher today and we helped out Amy and it's fun to help you guys win with wherever you are in your financial journey. So please leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail or leave me a note on social media at Andy Hill MKM. I prefer voicemails if possible because it just makes for a better podcast hearing your voice. But if you prefer to leave a note, you don't want to hear your voice. That's cool. You can even do it anonymous. It's all good. Again, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail or social media at Andy Hill MKM. Thanks so much for considering it. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Jack Bogle. When there are multiple solutions to a problem, choose the simplest one. Best of luck with your investing adventures, my friends. Carpe diem. Carpe diem.